Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same menu, there is a link also to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusions, with Section 7, the bridge to the real world. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which will uh, be lesson 185. I want the peace of God. And uh, let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic opening for us this morning? I do, Lemoyne, and I really uh, love this short poem from Steve Taylor called Be Soft. Don't build a heart solid self full of fixed ideas and firm beliefs. Be soft so that you don't create fiction or clash with the world, but accept and absorb your experience with ease. Be soft so that disappointments and insults don't bruise you, but bounce away harmlessly after your softness has absorbed their force. Be soft so that thoughts and emotions can't attach themselves to you, and ideas don't turn to rigid theories which can't be contradicted, and animosity never lingers long enough to form a grudge and pass and pain passes away before turning to trauma. Be soft so that you can bend with the wind without breaking and become moist with the rain without flying. Be soft so that you can pass through the world without leaving damage. Only the lightest of trails which will dissolve like a cloud and become part of the air which everyone breathes. Be soft. Hmm. Amen. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. I love that too. So oh, much. beautiful, Lori. Thank you. That's a great find. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, thank you, Lori. <clears throat> 
Well, this morning I have uh, with us in reading, I have uh, Bran and Lori, Charles, Harrison, Karen, and Lana. And with us in listening, I have Tricia, Judy, and Mindy. Is there anyone else who's joined the call or anyone I've gotten wrong on the list? Anybody who'd like to just say good morning? Okay, well, I'll get us started then. In chapter 16, The Forgiveness of Illusion, with section 7, The Bridge to the Real World. Start at paragraph 59. The search for the session, the search for the special relationship is the sign that you equate yourself with the ego and not with God. For the special relationship has value only to the ego. To the ego, unless a relationship has special value, it has no meaning, and it perceives all love as special. Yet this cannot be natural, for it is unlike the relationship of God and his Son. And all relationships that are unlike this one must be unnatural. For God created love as he would have it be, and gave it as it is. Love has no meaning except as its creator defined it by his will. It is impossible to define it otherwise and understand it. Friend. Chapter 16, Forgiveness of Illusion, Section 7, The Bridge to the Real World, Paragraph 59. The search for this special relationship is the sign that you equate yourself with the ego and not with God. For the special relationship has value only to the ego. To the ego, unless a relationship has special value, it has no meaning, and it perceives all love as special. Yet this cannot be natural, for it is unlike the relationship of God and his son, and all relationships that are unlike this one must be unnatural. For God created love as he would have it be, and gave it as it is. Love has no meaning except as its creator defined it by his will. It is impossible to define it otherwise and understand it. 60. Love is freedom. To look for it by placing yourself in bondage is to separate yourself from it. For the love of God, no longer seek for union and separation, nor for freedom and bondage. As you release, so will you be released. Forget this not, or love will be unable to find you and comfort you. There is a way in which the Holy Spirit asks your help if you would have his. The holy instant is his most helpful tool in protecting you from the attraction of guilt, the real lore in the special relationship. You do not recognize that this is its real appeal, for the ego has taught you that freedom lies in it. Yet the closer you look at the special relationship, 
the more apparent it becomes that it must foster guilt and therefore must imprison. Thank you, friend. And Lori? Love is freedom. To look for it by placing yourself in bondage is to separate yourself from it. For the love of God, no longer seek for union and separation, nor for freedom and bondage. As you release, so will you be released. Forget this not, or love will be unable to find you and comfort you. There is a way in which the Holy Spirit asks your help if you would have his. The Holy Instant is his most helpful tool in protecting you from the attraction of guilt, the real lure in the special relationship. You do not recognize that this is its real appeal, for the ego has taught you that freedom lies in it. Yet the closer you look at the special relationship, the more apparent it becomes that it must foster guilt and therefore must imprison. The sixth one, the special relationship is totally without meaning, without a body. And if you value it, you must also value the body. And what you value, you will keep. The special relationship is advice for limiting yourself to a body and for limiting your perception of others to theirs. The great rays would establish the total lack of value of the special relationship if they were seen. For in seeing them, the body would disappear because its value would be lost. And so your whole investment in seeing it would be withdrawn from it. You see the world you value. Thank you, Lori. And Charles? Paragraph 61. The special relationship is totally without meaning, without a body. And if you value it, you must also value the body. And what you value, you will keep. The special relationship is a device for limiting yourself to a body and for limiting your perception of others to theirs. The great rays would establish the total lack of value of the special relationship if they were seen. For in seeing them, the body would disappear because its value would be lost. And so your whole investment in seeing it would be withdrawn from it. You see the world you value. 62. On this side of the bridge, you see the world of separate bodies, seeking to join each other in separate unions and to become one by losing. When two individuals seek to become one, they are trying to decrease their magnitude. Each one would deny his power. For the separate union excludes the universe. Far more is left outside than will be taken in. 
if one such union were made in perfect faith, the universe would enter would enter into it. Yet the special relationship with the ego seeks does not include even one whole individual. For the ego wants to but part but part of him and sees only this part and nothing else. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And Harrison? 62. On this side of the bridge, you see the world of separate bodies seeking to join each other in separate unions and to become one by losing. When two individuals seek to become one, they are trying to decrease their magnitude. Each would deny his power, for the separate union excludes the universe. Far more is left outside than would be taken in. For God is left without and nothing taken within. If one such union were made in perfect faith, the universe would enter into it. Yet, the special relationships which the ego seeks does not include even one whole individual. For the ego wants but part of him and sees only this part and nothing else. 63. Across the bridge, it is so different. For a time, the body is still seen, but not exclusively as it is seen here. For the little spark which holds the great rays within it, is also visible. And this spark cannot be limited long to littleness. Once you have crossed the bridge, the value of the body is so diminished in your sight that you will see no need at all to magnify it. For you will realize that the only value which the body has is to enable you to bring your brothers to the bridge with you and to be released together there. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen? 63. Across the bridge, it is so different. 
For a time, the body is still seen, but not exclusively as it is seen here. For the little spark which holds the great rays within it is also visible, and this spark cannot be limited long to littleness. Once you have crossed the bridge, the value of the body is so diminished in your sight that you will see no need at all to magnify it. For you will realize that the only value which the body has is to enable you to bring your brothers to the bridge with you and to be released together there. 64. The bridge itself is nothing more than a transition in your perspective of reality. On this side, everything you see is grossly distorted and completely out of perspective. What is little and insignificant is magnified, and what is strong and powerful cut down to littleness. In the transition, there is a period of confusion in which a sense of actual disorientation seems to occur. But fear it not, for it means nothing more than that you have been willing to let go your hold on the distorted frame of reference which seems to hold your world together. This frame of reference is built around the special relationship. Without this illusion, there can be no meaning you would still seek here. Well, thank you, Karen and Lana. Okay, 64. The bridge itself is nothing more than a transition in your perspective of reality. On this side, everything you see is grossly distorted and completely out of perspective. What is little and insignificant is magnified, and what is strong and powerful cut down to littleness. In the transition there is a period of confusion in which a sense of actual disorientation seems to occur. But fear it not, for it means nothing more than you have been willing to let go your hold on the distorted frame of reference which seemed to hold your world together. This frame of reference is built around the special relationship. Without this illusion, there can be no meaning you would still seek here. Fear not that you will be abruptly lifted out, uh, lifted up and hurled into reality. Time is kind, and if you use it for, for reality, it will keep gentle pace with you in your transition. The urgency is only in dislodging your minds from their fixed position here. This will not leave you homeless and without a frame of reference. The period of disorientation which precedes the actual transition is far shorter than the time it took to fix your mind so firmly on illusions. Delay will hurt delay 
sorry, will hurt you now more than before only because you realize it is delay and that escape from pain is really possible. Find hope and comfort rather than despair in this. You could no longer find even the illusion of love in any special relationship here. For you are no longer wholly insane and you would recognize the guilt of self-betrayal for what it is. Uh, thank you, Lana. And is there a new reader for 65 and 66? Sure is. It's Jude. I can do it. Thank you, Lemoyne. Fear not that you will be abruptly lifted up and hurled into reality. Time is kind. And if you use it for reality, it will keep gentle pace with you in your transition. The urgency is only in dislodging your minds from their fixed position here. This will not leave you homeless and without a frame of reference. The period of disorientation which precedes the actual transition is far shorter than the time it took to fix your mind so firmly on illusions. Delay will hurt you now more than ever before only because you realize it is delay and that escape from pain is really possible. Find hope and comfort rather than despair in this. You could no longer find even the illusion of love in any special relationship here. For you are no longer wholly insane and you would recognize the guilt of self-betrayal for what it is. Nothing you seek to strengthen in the special relationship is really part of you. You cannot keep part of the thought system which taught you it was real and understand the thought that really knows what you are. You have allowed the capital thought of your reality to enter your minds. And because you invited it, it will abide with you your love for it will not allow you to betray yourself. And you could not enter into a relationship where it could not go with you. For you would not be apart from it. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 66 and 67? Another new reader for 66 and 67? Uh, yes, I can do it if you can wait about 20 seconds. It's Mindy. <laughs> Okay, Mindy. Thank you. Good luck with your scrolling. <laughs> Got it. 
Nothing you seek to strengthen in a special relationship is really part of you. And you cannot keep part of the thought system which taught you it was real and understand the thought that really knows what you are. You have allowed the thought of your reality to enter your mind, and because you invited it, it will abide with you. Your love for it will not allow you to betray yourself, and you could not enter into a relationship where it could not go with you, for you would not be apart from it. Oh my goodness, I've got a little kitty in a bag of clothes here. Sorry about the noise. <laughs> oh, 67. Be glad you have escaped the mockery of salvation which the ego offered you and look not back with longing on the travesty it made of your relationships. Now, no one needs suffer, for you have come too far to yield to the illusion of the beauty and holiness of guilt. Only the holy insane could look on death and suffering, sickness and despair, and see it thus. What guilt has wrought is ugly, fearful, and very dangerous. See, a no, see no illusion of truth and beauty there, and be you thankful that there is a place where truth and beauty wait for you. Go on to meet them gladly and learn how much awaits you for the simple willingness to give up nothing because it is nothing. Thank you, Mindy. And uh, one more time, is there a new reader for 67 and 68? Okay, back to you, friend. 67. Be glad you have escaped the mockery of salvation, which the ego offered you, and look not back with longing on the travesty it made of your relationships. Now no one needs suffer, for you have come too far to yield to the illusion of the beauty and holiness of guilt. Only the holy insane could look on death and suffering sickness and despair, and see it thus. What guilt has wrought is ugly, fearful, and very dangerous. See no illusion of truth and beauty there, and be you thankful that there is a place where truth and beauty wait for you. Go on to meet them gladly, and learn how much awaits you for the simple willingness to give up nothing, because it is nothing. 68. The new perspective you will gain from crossing over will be the understanding of where heaven is. From here it seems to be outside and across the bridge. Yet as you cross to join it, it will join with you and become one with you. And you will think in glad astonishment that for all this you gave up nothing. The joy of heaven, which has no limit, is increased with each light that returns to take its rightful place within it. Wait no longer for the love of God and you, and may the holy instant speed you on the way, as it will surely do, if you but let it come to you. Well, thank you, friend, and glory. 
The Holy Spirit asks only this little help of you. Whenever your thoughts wander to a special relationship which still attracts you, enter with him into a holy instant, and there let him release you. He needs only your willingness. Laurie, I think you skipped, you skipped ahead one, I think. Oh, I thought you wanted me to read 69. Okay, I'm sorry. I love 69. I love 68. <laughs> okay. Here I was thinking, I don't need to tell Laurie numbers. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. <laughs> okay, 68. The new perspective you will gain from crossing over will be the understanding of where heaven is. From here it seems to be outside and across the bridge. Yet as you cross to join it, it will join with you and become one with you. And you will think in glad astonishment that for all this, you gave up nothing. The joy of heaven which has no limit is increased with each light that returns to take its rightful place within it. Wait no longer for the love of God and you. And may the holy instant speed you on the way, as it will surely do, if you but let it come to you. 69. The Holy Spirit asks only this little help of you. Whenever your thoughts wander to a special relationship which still attracts you, enter with him into a holy instant, and there let him release you. He needs only your willingness to share his perspective, to give it to you right now. He needs only your willingness to share his perspective, to give it to you completely. And your willingness need not be complete, because his is perfect. It is his task to atone for your unwillingness by his perfect faith. And it is his faith you share with him there. Out of your recognition of your unwillingness for your release, his perfect willingness is given you. Call upon him, for heaven is at his call, and let him call on heaven for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori and Charles. Paragraph 69. The Holy Spirit asks only this little help of you. Whenever your thoughts wander to a special relationship which still attracts you, enter with him into a holy instant and there let him release you. He needs only your willingness to share his perspective, to give it to you completely. And your willingness need not be complete, because his is perfect. It is his task to atone for your unwillingness by his perfect faith. And it is his faith you share with him there. Out of your recognition of your unwillingness for your release, his perfect willingness is given you. Call upon him, for heaven is at his call, and let him call on heaven for you. Amen.
Oh, thank you, Charles. And, yeah, we just have a little tiny time before the top of the hour. So I uh, I just am very attracted by 68, so I'm just going to read a few sentences there. Before I hand it over to Fran for a lesson at 68... The new perspective you will gain from crossing over, crossing over this bridge to the real world, the new perspective will be the understanding of where heaven is. From here, it seems to be outside and across the bridge. Yet as you cross to join it, it will join with you and become one with you. And you will think in glad astonishment that for all this, you gave up nothing. The joy of heaven, which has no limit, is increased with each light that returns to take its rightful place within it. Wait no longer for the love of God and you. And may the holy instant speed you on the way, as it will surely do, if you but let it come to you. That's all that's asked. <laughs> Let heaven be, it seems. Okay, and uh, this is the top of the hour, so I'll hand it over to you, Brent, to lead us today's lesson. Okay, thank you, and thanks for reading that. It was perfect. Hi, everybody. We are in the, still in the first part of the workbook, and we're on the section of Lessons 181 to 200. Today's lesson is Lesson 185, I Want the Peace of God. So I, just, I shall read a paragraph from the introduction of this. <clears throat> Our lessons now are geared specifically to widening horizons and direct approaches to the special blocks which keep your vision narrow and too limited to let you see the value of our goal. We are attempting now to lift these blocks, however briefly. Words alone cannot convey the sense of liberation, which their lifting brings, but the experience of freedom and of peace that comes as you give up your tight control of what you see speaks for itself. So we'll now go to the lesson, and I'll read some of the lesson, and then we'll do our five-minute practice. 185, I want the peace of God. To say these words is nothing, but to mean them, to mean these words, is everything. If you could but mean them for just an instant, there would be no further star possible for you in any form, in any place, or time, heaven would be completely given back to full awareness, memory of God entirely restored, the resurrection of all creation fully recognized. No one can mean these words and not be healed. 
He wants the peace of God, and it is given him. For that is all he wants, and that is all he will receive. Two minds with one intent become so strong that what they will become, the will of God. For minds can only join in truth. In dreams, no two can share the same intent. Minds cannot unite in dreams. They merely bargain. And what bargain can give them the peace of God? To mean you want the peace of God is to renounce all dreams. Dreams are one to him, and he has learned their only difference is one of form. For one will bring the same despair and misery as do the rest. The mind which means that all at once is peace must join with other minds, for that is how peace is obtained. Let us today devote our practicing to recognizing that we really mean the words we say. We want the peace of God. This is no idle wish. Today, devote your practice periods to careful searching of your mind to find the dreams you cherish still. What do you ask for in your heart? Let not some dreams be more acceptable, reserving shame and secrecy for others. They are one. And being one, one question should be asked of all of them. Is this what I would have? in place of heaven and the peace of God, no compromise is possible in this. You choose God's peace or you have asked for dreams. You want the peace of God. And so do all who seem to seek for dreams. No one who truly seeks the peace of God can fail to find it. For he merely asks that he deceives himself no longer by denying to himself what is God's will. Who can remain unsatisfied who asks for what he has already? Who could be unanswered who requests an answer which is his to give? The peace of God is yours. It is this one intent we seek today, uniting our desires with the need of every heart, the call of every mind, the hope that lies beyond despair, the love attack would hide, the brotherhood that hate has sought to sever, but still remains as God created it. With help like this besides us, can we fail today as we request the peace of God be given us? Now we'll do our five-minute practice. Lesson 185. I want the peace of God.
To say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. No one can mean these words and not be healed. Lesson 185, I want the peace of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you, guys. Good morning. It's Harrison. Uh, thank you so much, Fran. It's beautiful. Um, I shared um, the workbook called earlier um, that I um, watched the YouTube video uh, uh, Luke Sanchez and uh, Kareem Watson. Uh, they are Course in Miracles students and teachers out in New Mexico. There must be something about New Mexico. That uh, has all these great teachers, Lemoyne and Lee, and uh, I'm sure there are others, but Luke Sanchez and Corrine have a YouTube channel called ACIM Unpacked. And they do the daily lessons and the video discussion on the daily lessons. And uh, with this particular lesson, at the end of it, they do a pretty powerful meditation. And this lesson in itself is a powerful meditation. It reminds me that the purpose of the workbook and the text and the manual is to help us escape from this illusory world that we have created and take us back to who we truly are as God created us. It's really that simple. And uh, today's reading uh, is all about getting us to release the uh, special relationship, to release our belief in the world and uh, 
as he said to hear, enter with him into a holy relationship, and there let him release you. He needs only your willingness to share his perspective, to give it to you completely. And your willingness need not be complete because his is perfect. My perspective may not be complete, but if I choose to share his perspective, then I will achieve the peace of God. Who wouldn't want the peace of God? That's the peace that passes understanding. That's a peace that cannot be achieved by me alone or by world leaders. It is his task to atone, this is the Holy Spirit he's talking about. It is his task to atone for your unwillingness by his perfect faith. And it is his faith you share with him there. In unity, we talk about let go, let God. In this case, it's let go and let the Holy Spirit just pick you up and carry you to your release. His perfect willingness is given you. Call upon him for heaven is at his call and let him call on heaven for you. Thank you. I'm complete. That's beautiful. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harrison. Yes, beautiful. Good morning, everyone. It's Lana. Um, This section is so personal to me, you know, and... Um, What I'm about to share, if you heard it before, I'm sorry, but it just uh, ties into this section so profoundly. And when I read this after my near-death experience, it just, it just, 
was right on the spot about what happened to me. I was very sick. This was about 30-plus years ago. You know, I'd been a student of, of A Course in Miracles for a few years, you know, so I was familiar with, with base, you know, its basic message. And um, I had this from a surgery. I contracted this staph infection, and um, it was winning. You know, I was in a place where it was in my blood system, and they were throwing all sorts of antibiotics at me, and uh, my body had become septic and was starting to shut down. So I had, um, what happened to me was internally was that the body, my body, lost all value to me. I recognized that my body couldn't save me. And it was um, a relinquishment of the specialness I had given it. Um, you know, the world lost all value to me. You know, I didn't see anything um, in this uh, world that I made <laughs> that could come to my rescue. So I remember, you know, dozing off and when I was in bed and when I, and I, I think I was in that stage um, that he calls in this section disorientation because I was um, between hopelessness and the peace of God and uh, and whether I realized it consciously at that moment all I wanted was peace you know that was that was it give me some peace my neighbor unbeknownst to me my devout Catholic neighbor had uh, asked a priest to come and I didn't know it so when I woke up from dozing off the first thing I saw was a priest and I felt the priest putting oil on my head. And, uh, you know, my first thought was, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> but what it, it, you know, it was like God came to my rescue. That priest symbolized for me that I did have hope, that there was um, something that was real and authentic that I could grab hold on that would save me. And I just asked for peace, you know. I I just and and it was what clicked in. It it was like uh, on the other side of hopelessness, you know, when you feel like your body's slipping away and your 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 life is ending. It doesn't end. There's a something else that clicks in. And for me, it this something else brought such a profound peace that I. Uh, went into this altered state of consciousness and I saw that I looked at my body and I don't know if it was a in or out of body experience because the body had no value and the body, the meaning I had given the body was no more than I had given the lamp on the table or the tree outside the window. It had been neutralized of all specialness. And as I... um and noticed that and took that in. It was like the peace of God, which is such a powerful state of mind, clicked in and took over. And I just went along for the ride. You know, I just allowed it to do whatever it wanted to do. And I was in such a state of peace that I had no investment about whether I was going to leave or stay, you know, 
either one was fine with me. You know, that was a degree of peace and confidence I had in this something that had clicked in within me. And so I did that, and I recovered, and I went home, and the the following weeks, you know, I've shared this before, so I won't go in it, but it was a miraculous time. It was like Holy Spirit was just directing my whole life, and any concern that entered my mind was immediately addressed and taken care of, you know. So, um, and I read this section. I, I guess it may have been might have been a few weeks later, and it was just a mirror of what took place for me, and it really validated for me that, you know, what Jesus teaches in here is so true. I can trust His words, you know, because they were validated in my experience and I and I agree here and I don't know what was it was the lesson but it's not in the words it's beyond the words the words are just the door that opens and gives me an opportunity to um, be willing to see what the meaning is that God wants to share with me and when I just drop my interpretation of what the words mean and allow Holy Spirit to interpret them for me and give me a true meaning. It it comes about effortlessly, you know that. And I think that's why you know sometimes, and I think this is true for a lot of us. I'll read a section of A Course in Miracles, and it's like reading it for the first time, even though I know I'd read it a few times before. But as my awareness, as our awareness expands, um we go deeper in and in, in the depth of this writing is like it has layers and as as i'm willing to welcome it in uh this awareness broadens and expands and i see things in it that i never realized before you know it was like oh my you know i i never remember reading that before and it was because you know my ego thought system just passed right over it without giving it a thought but as my awareness of truth and as I'm aligned with the truth and the state of my mind it's 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 like the words in A Course in Miracles um, are no aren't that difficult what is difficult in our in my understanding is the condition of my mind as I read them that it, that tells me that shows me my willingness to understand it's it it all goes back to my willingness to trust that truth is true that my mind um, takes in and experiences that truth so on that day you know the specialness of my body faded away but I still had a lot of healing to do concerning my body because I remember after that experience um, really being angry with my body and I had to heal that and and make the relationship with my body holy um, you know it's like God's love is all-encompassing I can't leave anything out my body my brothers the world all has to be enveloped within the love of God and then miraculously they show up as loving you know so um, 
Anyway, this uh, this section I was so happy to read today and be taken back to that experience that really showed me uh, that the great rays within me will always shine through regardless of the condition of my body, my mind. It will take over if I allow it to. Um, I'm complete. Thank you guys for listening. Oh, thank, thank you, you for Lana. sharing that experience, Lana. Lana. It's so precious. Wow. Wow, that was great. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, guys. That just reminds me of the paragraph I was reading, 63 in the text. Across the bridge, it is so different. For a time, the body is still but see, still seen, but not exclusively. That is a scene here. For a little spark which holds the great rays within it is also visible. And this spark cannot be limited long to littleness. Once you have crossed the bridge, the value of the body is diminished in your sight. That you will see no need at all to magnify it. For you will realize the only value which the body has is to enable you to bring your brothers to the bridge with you and to be released together there. I love these nuggets of gold and these little triggers that help us to realize what uh, where our true value truly is. Thanks, Lana. Appreciate that. Oh, thank you. You know, after that experience, this I I took from it, or was given a beautiful meditation that I still do to this day. And the meditation is, and mainly I do it um, whenever my you know my pain body starts acting up. But I picture this bridge, and it's just like it says in here. On one side of it, when I start to cross it with Jesus. I come out of the darkness where everything I see is grossly distorted and completely out of perspective. And as just like it says here, and as I cross over the bridge with Jesus, the light of the great rays start to shine before me. And I walk right into that light with Jesus and become part of the light. And uh, it's a beautiful meditation that really brings forth the healing that I, the uh, healing of my mind, which in turn heals the effects of the wounded mind, and the pain as an effect disappears with the healing. So, um, but what you read was uh, was very right on. You know, it, I, it, it's the, tr- it's so true, and um, as one person in this universe. I can tell for its value and it's and it's true. So I'm complete. Thank you, Charles. That was a gorgeous dialogue. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, good morning, guys. Thank you for being here. Lori and Lemoyne for 
your devotion to our our journey home, restoring ourselves to the awareness of heaven's presence within us, that we are the kingdom of heaven, that peace is our natural condition, our natural factory setting, um, that peace is the condition for truth and sanity and cannot exist um, without peace. If I'm not at peace, there isn't sanity. And there is unreality or illusion. My mind is left the mind of God. I I really like to think of peace as being my home ground, my... um, It's not something I put into words, so (laughs) I'm struggling to find words for it. It's it's not a place. Um, It's a way of being, being still and being silent and and knowingly aware that all is, all is God and all is within me because God is within me and His presence, His holy presence, never leaves me, and that I can see everything through His eyes, and that it's only by His light the light of the great race through him that I see at all, that anything sees at all, that everything is looking through the eyes of God, looking to see itself, the call of love to to hear itself and answer itself, the one call and the one answer. Um, And there's no alternatives for this. Um... That peace is a condition for knowing the truth of who I am. And the truth of who I am is, is, is spirit, purely in the mind of God as one. And, you know, the, the, both the text today and the lessons both refer to waking up from the dream. At least beginning with the happy fact that I am the dreamer of this dream. And nothing comes to me unbidden. Pain or, or joy, illusion or truth, joy or misery. What I ask for, what I look to see, I will find. What the ego seeks, and this is the only choice that I have, to see the difference, the contrast. And, you know, the lessons are going fast forward into becoming, becoming the truth of who I am, being and holding it, beholding it. And that means all of it. The good and the bad, no judgment. Nothing is excluded. Everything is included. And that gentle, welcoming, Lori, I loved your opening again today. How precious. You know, that gentle softening and being one with the experience, touching everything in my experience as one with me. Be it the wind, the sun touching me, I'm touching it. It's one complete thought. Giving and receiving is one thought and experience. And how everything speaks to me and how I listen and hear it is one complete experience. And that it's all God experiencing himself helps me to know and understand that as his son, through his extending his mind to my mind and all of our minds as one mind that there's nothing I can't understand and wholly completely love accept, understand and love 
I don't have to figure it out, but to relax my mind from all it thinks it knows in its limited perspective, which the text speaks of, making myself special in what I think I know about what is right or wrong or what belongs in the totality of God's reality. Peace comes when I simply simply surrender the desire to control anything or anybody, including myself. I am what I am on any given day. In, in loving awareness of myself, I come to see what's true and false about me. What I really, truly want. I really, truly want to be at peace. There's no other way, absolutely no other way for me to be and be happy. My happiness lies in it. My understanding and my love lie in it. Peace is a condition for truth and for sanity. And where peace is, they too must be. I am complete. That's beautiful, Judy. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Much love. Oh, that was beautiful, Judy. Thank you. Very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Did you just say that if I'm not seeing with the eyes of Christ, I'm not seeing at all? Did I hear that from you? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if I don't know myself, I don't know what the hell anything else is either. It's just a distorted <laughs> reality. Thanks. Yeah, I love you. Thanks, Judy. Yeah, she's such a blessed, isn't she? Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And, um, well, I talked about yesterday how a special relationship was my release, which came only as a result of the fact that it was too painful to want anymore. So I stopped wanting it. <laughs> which is why paragraph 67 and 68 mean so much to me. But uh, today I'm in, well, I'll tell you what, the fruit of my meditation today is this, a simple phrase, share to be aware. And, uh, and I wrote that down as the thought came to me. And then I asked that it be unfolded so I could see what's in it. And my mind was drawn to lessons 361 to 365, which is this holy instant, what I give to you. Be you in charge. For I would follow you certain that your direction gives me peace. And if I need a word to help me, you will give it to me. And if I need a thought, that will he also give. And if I need but a still and tranquil open mind, these are the gifts I will receive of him. He is in charge on my request. And he will hear and answer me because he speaks for God, my Father, and his Holy Son. That was the gift of unfolding, share to be aware. The other thought that came to me was um, another quote that I really love, and that's, uh, the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. As so I thought about that, and um, some other thoughts came, one of which is, you know, the quote that from the first early lessons, what I see is a form of vengeance, etc., etc. Um, he talks at, at the culmination of how I've given meaning to, to my world. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought here for a minute, just a second. My mind was rushing ahead a little bit, um, so I'll, I'll diverge a second. Back to <laughs> the great peace of the kingdom shines in your mind forever, but it must shine outward to make you aware of it. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> the The item uh, that he talks about in those first few lessons about there being no private thoughts. There are no private thoughts. And when I put all these thoughts together, it occurs that, just like he said yesterday, I make my reality out of my thoughts. And when I find those thoughts, I think with God, the ones that my mind holds only, 
it's easy to discern those thoughts from all the fleeting thoughts that go by and when I attach my mind or my identity to the thoughts I think with God peace starts to shine within me and I don't have to do anything to make it shine outward why because the light that is within the light of love the light of peace the light of joy all the attributes um, that we tend to associate with the God who actually is but love start to light up my mind and then I remember how he says God is the light in which I see if I am to see I am to see with the light and God is the only light On the other side of the bridge this bridge that I made you know remember I said the other day Mr. Gattaz says mind makes the abyss that the heart wills to cross I start to realize that I was the one who separated my own mind by attaching myself to ego thoughts I'm the one who separated my mind from God but the great peace of the kingdom shines in my mind forever and it must shine outward to make me aware of it it's like all the gifts of God the more I share the more I am aware remember ideas leave not the mind that thought them and ideas that belong to God are strengthened every time I share them now that doesn't mean talking about them that means relinquishing to me it means relinquishing my private thoughts my judgments they mean nothing my judgments mean absolutely nothing and when I let them go they're gone and I discover that reference point that's such a meaningful phrase he talks about it in chapter 12 and he, and he says you could deal even with your your hate and your wish to kill God's son if you did not believe that it saves you from love this is what you really want to hide for beneath all that is your intense and burning love for God and his for you I, I was unaware of that I mean I had thoughts about God but I believed he was outside of me I believed he was somewhere else that heaven was a state when I died but just like Lana said it's it's a state of mind it's the state of union of my mind with my father's and that's only love and it's that I wish to hide I did I was afraid of love but that was only until I understood what love is I had to let Holy Spirit show me what it is because I had a very distorted view of love just like he describes in a special relationship worshiping the altar of guilt and sacrifice demanding that of myself but he says love yourself with the love of Christ love yourself with the love of Christ and he gives me that I think um, share to be aware is very meaningful to me today and uh, I found a poem 
think I found a poem that embraces it perfectly. It's called The Raw Core. The Raw Core. At the raw core of all our longings is the desire for peace. If we predetermine that peace must come in the form of a particular person, thing, or achievement, we are setting ourselves up for pain. Isn't that beautiful for the special relationship? We are limiting the experience of the limitless. Here's the prayer. May we choose peace as our song and let the divine supply the instrument. May I choose peace as my song and let the divine supply the instrument. Peace isn't something I have to achieve. It's already there. And when I know that song, everything that will make for the manifestation of peace is given me. My little willingness is so small. But his will to give it to me is all the universe. I'm complete. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's so powerful. Thank you, Laurie. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. That was great. Beautiful. Thank you, Lori. It's beautiful. You know, um, one important thing I forgot to say in my share was that um, peace is within me, and I think both the text and the and the lesson today make that so perfectly clear that to seek outside of myself because I'm, I feel I'm lacking something or I'm incomplete or I'm not whole is what the ego is. It's a separation from God. And it, I don't know what I am when I think I'm separate from God. I know not the truth of who I am when I separate myself from my source, from my mind. And my, my own mind is God's mind. My own soul is God's soul that my unity and relationship with God make my relationship with everything else whole and real. Real, real, real in my experience. And that's the only experience, kind of experience, that I want to have because it, it is peaceful and it is loving because, because it comes from the heart and the mind of my source. But that the ego seeks outside of itself. And in, in looking for peace outside of ourselves, um, Harrison, you shared or touched on this in your shares on the, the um, meditation call this morning and again on the conference call that, um, you know, to seek for peace outside of myself in the world is what all the leaders of the world are trying to do, what all the special relationships are trying to do to find it between each other as separate entities, which are illusory. 
by their own nature they are illusory. So in seeking peace outside of myself, I'm merely seeking a temporal truce. And it's not the real peace of God, the changeless, constant, consistent peace of God that never changes. It always was, it always is, and it always will be. And that's why I call it my home ground. Because when I leave that and I get caught up in, you know, appearances and changing appearances and changing forms of perception of things, quote-unquote, outside of me. And that includes Judy's body and Judy's changing thoughts, emotions, and her body. Her Judy's body, body mind, which thinks she's separate. That's just simply another illusion in God's mind. And he doesn't see it. He doesn't see that. So why should I see that? And that's what, when the Course speaks of, you know, the investment in seeing the body, you know, it, it diminishes and it, it becomes unimportant because I don't value it. Because I know what we say and do and even think and speak in the body isn't really happening if it's separate from the mind of God. And if it isn't separate from the mind of God, we love it because we know it and we want to gather it close to us and hold it near and dear. We want to surround ourselves with it, knowingly aware that it's in everything as it is itself is, makes me, is what makes me whole and, a whole and complete individual, like it says in the text. Because the word individual does not mean a particular personality. It means a whole and complete undivided individual. Individual means undivided. And that means undivided from my source, who is my wholeness and my completion. So I think that's enough out of me. I refuse to deny my completion in God, that I complete God, and that he completes me today. Amen. Oh, thank you, Judy. That was lovely. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. You know, your share, Judy, and also Laurie's, uh, reminded me, um, and I, I speak of this pretty often, but it's so true. It's, it's a part of the course where Jesus says that mind is the activating agent of spirit providing its creative and what is his power or abilities and and mind is intended to, I'm sorry I'm outside so sorry for the background noise um, mind is intended to be my servant not my master and uh, my thoughts and beliefs are like seeds you know I plant in the ground if I plant a rose I'll get a rose bush if I plant seeds for a tomato a tomato will come up the seed that I plant, uh, my mind will respond to and will reflect back to me. So as I feed my mind thoughts of truth, when I align my mind with spirit, 
you know, that's what's reflected back to me that gives me my experience of either peace or, or conflict. It's, um, it's a wonderful, you know, Jesus says, I have a kingdom that I must rule. And that kingdom is my mind. And when I feed it the wrong nourishment, you know, thoughts and beliefs that are in conflict with the truth, the mind just is a mechanism that just obeys what it's given, what it's fed. So um, I remember, you know, it was my last special relationship and it was a doozy. It was so painful. And at some point, um, the pain, because I love this person so much and I had invested so much in an outcome that I thought was the right one. It was the right one for me. It's what my ego wanted. But I, I arrived at this point where the pain got so great that all I wanted was peace, and I gave up the outcome. I, you know, I finally said, thy will be done. I just want peace. And I started to feed my mind just with thoughts of peace and how that would feel. And it um, and my mind just took that uh, nourishment and healed healed my mind. It was a healing treatment where my mind defeated thoughts of God and thoughts of truth. And um, the mind being a dependable servant, <laughs> you know, gave me that within my experience of, of my life. And... Um, and I and I was restored to peace, you know. And I think of this person now, just um, as a loving brother, like all my brothers and sisters, you know. Uh, they were loved. They were expressing themselves. They expressed themselves. And and I have, you know, in order for me to maintain my peace, I must give everyone permission to be who they are, however that shows up because that releases me from that ego compulsion for me to want things to be different than they are. And that alone, that thought alone, just creates a, or makes up a conflict within my mind and within my experience that um, as long as I choose that, that's what I, I will experience. But the moment I start feeding my mind with the truth, it undoes the previous thoughts of conflict and because peace is always present in fact it's the only reality love and is the only reality that there is once the conflicted thoughts are undone peace just naturally arises in my mind because that was my choice and the mind obeys so um anyway i you know, I really try to remember that, that, uh, you know, I have a kingdom I must rule and to be aware of what I'm feeding it um, and not to expect anything, not to expect a tomato plant when I'm planting another kind of seed, so when I'm planting seeds of weeds. So <laughs> um, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. That was so beautiful, Anna. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Lana. I love that analogy. Lana, Thanks, that re- reminds me of that. Um, there's a line that says, "Thank you, Lana. Seek not freedom 
in or from the body. You know that we have a body, we can't deny it. It's a part of our experience in the world. But freedom is of the mind, and that's transcendent, that the, 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 the mind in service of the spirit can completely transcend this world, overcome this world, and be of good cheer. And I, I, I really, I really, um, I honor that, that I am mind, I'm purely mind, because my body cannot tell me I should should not be at peace. It cannot disturb my peace. It cannot disturb my happiness. It cannot disturb my joy. Only I can deprive myself or deny myself my happiness, my joy, and my peace and the light of the truth that's within me. Nobody except me can take that away from me. And that's the power of God in me, that I would not give that power to anything outside of me, including my body, which is, you know, outside of me in the illusion of the world, the illusory nature, the illusory nature of the quote-unquote unreality of the dream. You know, that our reality is twice removed from concepts, from signs and symbols, from images. What we are is not perceivable. It's not conceivable. It's beyond the mind as we think of it, as we know it. And the Course says, you know, we think we're thinkers. <laughs> and that's just, a, that's just a joke. We think we know who we are. And what we think we are is a travesty, a parody upon the creation, how God created us to be. And the acceptance and the recognition of this is all we need to do. We are already, always, and forever that. I am that. I am that I am. One with my source. Amen. 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 Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. That was perfect. Yes, thank you. It's Harrison. Um, Louie, I think, mentioned Ada Louie, Judy. Um, Seek not outside yourself. And that just really resonated with me. And and did a little search, and that phrase appears four times, um, all in chapter 29, I believe, uh, in section 8. Seek not outside yourself, for it will fail and you will weep each time an idol falls. Heaven cannot be found where it is not, and there can be no peace excepting there in heaven. Later on, 
Seek not outside yourself, for all your pain comes simply from a futile search for what you want, insisting where it must be found. What if it is not there? Do you prefer that you be right or happy? Then again, seek not outside yourself. The search implies you are not whole within and fear to look upon your devastation and prefer to seek outside yourself for what you are. And finally, Seek not outside yourself. Seek not outside your father for your hope. For hope of happiness is not despair. I'm complete. Oh, thank you for that, Harrison. Just perfect. Thank you, Harrison. Totally. Yeah. Thank you, Harrison. I love everything you share. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. There's one another one of my favorite quotes. That truth is restored to me through my desire, and it was lost to me through my desire for quote something, unquote, else. Something, in other words, something outside of me, that the truth is within me and there's nowhere else I'm going to find it. And that's why the ego goes on endless seeking and not finding missions, looking for peace and joy and happiness outside of me. And, you know, recognizing that when I got to the last house on the block on the last street of a dead-end street and I was sitting and saying, okay, so what, now what? <laughs> and I totally surrendered my mind to God and didn't believe a single thought I thought and said, so what, now what, God? I'm here. Have your way with me. And he restored me to such peace and joy and happiness that I knew was not contingent on anything outside of me. Ergo, here I still grow, and I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Judy. Love you, too. Thank you, Judy. Hi, this is Yogi Chris. Really appreciate the the, uh, shares that I'm hearing, different loving wisdom-filled perspective. Uh, I want the peace of God. <laughs> and, uh, says to say these words is nothing, but to mean these words is everything. So how do I present that I mean these words? Well, one of the ways that I 
ask, as they say, ask and it is given, is by presenting a mind that wants the peace of God, a present moment uh, practice, discipline, a, a mind that's aware in the present moment of opportunities for removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence and to just witness when opportunities like that present itself. I uh, been I, recently I went to a courthouse to follow through with a certain situation and as I'm entering it I could I I had that intention to want the peace of God and as I'm practicing that intention uh, and attention something came up for me and that that experience was one of disappointment one of sadness and hurt um, I want the peace of God means I'm not that I'm witnessing that and I have the opportunity to stay in that step backing um, consciousness and allow that to be as it is and to um, during that present awareness allow that to just be as it is and I wonder and, and, and ask myself, I wonder how long this is going to be here present. I'm just going to be present with that, be peaceful towards it, and I wonder how long it's going to take to pass. I mean, and it's pretty neat because it did pass as I gave it over and I was present with it for it's undoing and for um, the loving space those peaceful space I wanted to be in to to continue to be there as it passes and once it passed I I saw that that peace was with me despite that passing and I saw it in a more loving way and that loving way came in the form of uh, a loved one uh, being in my heart and saying something very loving. Her heart was speaking to me at the time. And boy, did that multiply the peace that I wanted uh, before the Course in Miracles and other mind training spiritual paths i probably i probably would have been identified with it tossed and turned by the emotion and um and feeling the despair about that um so i've been very blessed to want ask for the peace of god and the opportunity that I have to want that even in this experience and we'll see 
we'll see whatever comes up as I'm practicing being in the peace and wanting that peace. I respect this process that I'm in because it's, you know, considered in a worldly point of view, one of the biggest stresses one could go through. But I just, you know, I just noticed saying in a worldly point of view, how about in a point of view of wanting the peace of God, of watching for opportunities to bring the peace of God to whatever comes up and be an example of another way of handling something like that. I could talk about that, fill out the paperwork about that, and be in God's peace right now after doing all that, right now. Um, So, and I've had experiences of this in the past that could present itself if it's if it's not completely embraced by the peace of God. And uh, I love uh, meaning these words by showing God that I mean it. Here I am, ready to forgive and undo. Um, and... Um, that's that's the key word. The key sentence that says heaven would be completely given back and full awareness, memory of God entirely restored, the resurrection of all creation fully recognized. Uh, so, yeah. To mean these words is, is 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 no one can mean these words and not be healed. So, when I I. I I want to present to God a mind that uh, wants the peace of God, uh, means that that's what I want. And, um, and, 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 and watch that happening within me, consciously, lovingly, and in the moment. Uh, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Oh, thank you, Yogi Chris. That was wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Well, y'all are on the roll this morning. It's hard to find a place to step in the the recording. And, uh, yeah, I want to try a little review of this concept of the bridge, Um, (laughs) which it's much better to focus on the bridge than the gap. Um, uh, but before I do, let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic closing for this call? Um, I don't have a poem, no. no. Okay, okay, well, I hope, it come, I hope this works, because I was hoping you could, you know. 
offer it's gonna something work. else. <laughs> no, it's going to work. Yeah, it'll work. It'll work. Okay, so um, in terms say. of just – go ahead, Ida. Yeah, a lot of things. Well, I'm re- paraphrasing this, but I'll just say this quickly, that uh, Rumi once said, when I was young, I wanted to be smart. But now I am old, I want to be wise. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Kristen and Ida. I love the way you um, shared that, um, Yogi Chris, that you are love and you live in peace. And, and and that whole um, living by the truth or in accord with the truth, that it's a way of being. And um, it's, it's beyond language. It's a way of being. But it, it speaks very well for you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. So, yeah, I mean, almost all the references to even the word bridge are right here in the last half of this chapter, 16, the forgiveness of illusion. And so beginning with uh, section four, the reward of teaching, paragraph 28. I think I read this whole paragraph as a summary for that reading that day. And, uh, yeah, that's (laughs) what you're going to get right now. To, to To your most holy self, all praise is due for what you are and for what he is who created you as you are. Sooner or later must everyone bridge the gap which he imagines exists between his selves. Each one builds this bridge which carries him across the gap as soon as he is willing to expend some little effort on behalf of bridging it. His little efforts are powerfully supplemented by the strength of heaven and by the united will of all who make heaven what it is, being joined within it. And so the one who would cross over the bridge is literally transported there. Your bridge is builded stronger than you think, and your foot is planted firmly on it. You will come to where you would be and where yourself awaits you. And then in Section 5, Illusion and the Reality of Love. The symbols of hate against the symbols of love play out a conflict which does not exist. For symbols stand for something else. And the symbol of love is without meaning if love is everything. You will go through this last undoing quite unharmed and will at last emerge as yourself. 
This is the last step in the readiness for God. Be not unwilling now. You are too near, and you will cross the bridge in perfect safety, translated quietly from war to peace. For the illusion of love, which will never satisfy, but its reality, which awaits you on the other side, will give you everything. And from paragraph 36, it is essential that we look very closely at exactly what it is you think you can do to solve the dilemma, which seems very real to you, but does not exist. You have come very close to truth, and only this trying to solve an impossible non-existent dilemma, only this stands between you and the bridge that leads you into it. No specialness can offer you what God has given and what you are joined with him in giving. <clears throat> Across the bridge is your completion, for you will be holy in God, willing for nothing special, but only to be holy like unto him, completing him by your completion. The bridge that leads to union in yourself must lead to knowledge, for it was built with God beside you and will lead you straight to him where your completion rests wholly compatible with his. <clears throat> your father can no more forget the truth in you than you can fail to remember it. The Holy Spirit is the bridge to him made from your willingness to unite with him and created by his joy in union with you. If special relationships of any kind would hinder God's completion, can they have value to you? What would interfere with God must interfere with you. Only in time does interference in God's completion even seem to be possible. The bridge that he would carry you across lifts you from time into eternity. Waken from time and answer fearlessly the call of him who gave eternity to you in your creation. On this side of the bridge to timelessness, you understand nothing. But as you step lightly across it, upheld by timelessness, you are directed straight to the heart of God. At its center, and only there, you are safe forever because you are complete forever. And section 6, a little bit here. Now... So this year, I could say this month, this week, this day, about this holy instant is thus the time to make the easiest decision that ever confronted you, and also the only one. You will cross the bridge into reality simply because you will recognize 
that God is on the other side and nothing at all is here. It's impossible not to make the natural decision as this is realized. And then today's reading, finally, the bridge to the real world. On this side of the bridge, you see the world of separate bodies seeking to join each other in separate unions and to become one by losing. Across the bridge, it is so different. Once you have crossed the bridge, the value of the body is so diminished in your sight that you will see no need at all to magnify it. For you will realize the only value which the body has is to enable you to bring your brothers to the bridge with you and to be released together there. 64, the bridge itself is nothing more than a transition in your perspective of reality. And finally, from 68, the new perspective you will gain from crossing over will be the understanding of where heaven is. From here, it seems to be outside and across the bridge. Yet as you cross to join it, it will join with you and become one with you. And you will think in glad astonishment that for all this, you gave up nothing. The joy of heaven, which has no limit, is increased with each light that returns to take its rightful place within it. Wait no longer for the love of God and you. And may the holy instant speed you on the way as it will surely do if you but let it come to you. Anyway. Perfect. Thank you, Lamorne. Well, thank you all for being here, for listening. Thank you so much, Lamorne. And, uh, yeah, I'll end the recording now, but uh, the call does go on here for a little while.